Well, Brent is gay and Kaylin's gay, Clark is gay and Ryan's gay and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Issue 159.5. I'm Kaylin. I'm Clark. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brent Wingate. So uh, continuing over the next uh, several weeks, we're going to have two recordings a week. Uh, this one, of course, is our regular issue. It's 159.5, uh, which is on Mondays. And every Friday, you can check out Crossing Swords, which covers the massive X-Men crossover Ten of Swords that's currently going on in all the Dawn of X books. And our guest in the most recent episode was Chandler from X-Reads Podcast. So uh, with that, I will turn it over to Brent to so, get us started on the episode. Quickly, so when we hit like uh, issue slash episode 200, are we going to do some legacy numbering kind of thing where we shove all our point fives and our extra issues and everything together to get to that? We will, make yeah. that we will make that decision when we get there. Yeah, right, and like it'll more. be like issue 1000, just for no reason. Yeah, 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 yeah do that. Yeah. All right, and then we'll all go right. back to 164. Um, <laughs> all right, this week, uh, we're going to be playing another spooky superhero game. Uh, we're going we're to talk about the release of the most anticipated movie of the past decade. Uh, there's a bunch of major movie theater closures, actors joining big ticket films, and uh, others who are getting paid lots of money. Um, Resident Evil is going to be getting a reboot as a movie. Uh, Clark's got something, so watch out. And as always, we'll discuss the, the comics. Um, let's start with our spooky Halloween. Um, this one is gonna be a, a horror movie makers. So I'm gonna name an X-Man. And what I want is for you guys to tell me what horror genre you think they'd be best adapted for. Would it be like a movie, a comic, a TV show? Uh, there might have already been ones that exist already, I'm sure. Let's start with uh, you know fan favorite Wolverine. Kalen. Slasher movie. He's the slasher. Is it a comedy? Sure. Because I think it'd be more fun. It'd be really fun to have him. If it is, it's like a, it's a slasher, but it's, he's like a psychopath. Um, and he, there are people who are in the woods and they're just experiencing, you know, this kind of like monster who's hunting them down in the yeah. darkness. And, uh, and he's in like full feral mode. That would be pretty cool actually. Yeah. yeah, but we none of that stupid hair thing where they curl oh, it. Oh no! Like a like a who? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Domino. Hey, I wanted to do my Wolverine. Oh okay. yeah, go for it. So so Wolverine is a sexy teen, and he and his other sexy teen friends have like they get a Ouija board and and resurrect some dead demon, and then they all have to be sexy and run away from the demon. Oh, I love that. And they're all they're all wearing speedos and such. Yeah, yeah. He 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 has like a midriff going on because this takes place in the eighties. Just yeah, that's what happens. We knew. And yeah, Clark. It sounds like you're describing the porn adaptation of a horror movie. Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want there to be a porn version with sexy teens in it. Well, the it's only Disagree, but okay, let's move. Yeah, on. but they're all 32. <laughs> the actors are all 32. Exactly. So it's teenagers. now well, is like 200 years old. So sure. So even better. Um, what if it was when he was a teen though? So it's set in like the 18. <laughs> like 1880. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Domino. I don't know, I don't know about Ouija boards. So for yeah. Domino, I would do like a Final Destination type movie where like it keeps come like oh, death right. keeps coming for her but her luck 
saves her at the last second, oh. but all the bystanders around her die. Bitch, that is literally what I was going to say, because that is so good. And just seeing all the wonky of like, uh-oh, a bowling pin rolling down a hill to hit a yeah. cat. It's basically the game of like a mousetrap, but just like Domino being like avoiding shit. I would love that. I feel and like it'd be fun if, if she's like, she is, she made a deal with like the devil or death. And so she is tasked with being the final destination presence so she has to hunt down people and kill them um and it's always in coincidental ways park you got anything no not with this one no uh emma frost mm. okay so this is um the psychological thriller so i don't know if that's in the horror genre for you enough brent sure, but yeah. but it's so it's literally her going through the traumas of her life and every single time she like is going through something where she's having an episode she turns into her like diamond form and doesn't feel it so like it's just it's basically just like a coming of age story but it's it's not that great honestly <laughs> yeah i was actually think i was thinking something similar kind of like a, a carry kind of a thing where like she has these powers but like she's picked on her secret origins that she's like not very popular. She's picked on by like all the mean girls at school. And that's like what makes her like hardens her like a diamond. Mm. And then she picks on everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Emma Frost is in a mental, mental institution and she's constantly haunted by the ghost of Butterrum, the horse that she oh, had set oh, on God. fire. <laughs> but it turns out Butterrum isn't a like a manifestation. She's an actual ghost and she basically tries to murder Emma Frost and everyone in the, the sanitarium is like slowly killed off one by one. Mark, that until, sounds until, like the plot of, I know you didn't watch the movie, but New Mutants. It sounds exactly like New Mutants. It's exactly the same. <laughs> uh, Those first uh, 10 minutes though, were awful. <laughs> All right, uh, Glob Herman. I, I want to pitch this one because I think it would be a John Carpenter style body horror, um, something like the thing where over the course of it, Glob has been infected by something or poisoned or whatever. And you can see both how his outside, you know, kind of biowax is distorted in weird ways, but also all of his organs and bones. Mine is the blob turning in to the blob. So like he literally, just tries to hug his mother one day. It basically takes her in and then he starts growing and growing. And then he starts taking in other mutants and he's getting those powers. Uh, and it keeps growing until like he it envelops in a town and his own mother has to burn him alive. I mean, I'd yeah. love to see that. Like, like he, because he's got this biowax, people survive in it, but they're like decomposing and decaying, but he's still preserving them. So over the course of the movie, like you can still see all the skeletons of like his prior victims. Caitlin? Um, I would say it's more like a Ghostbusters type uh, horror comedy uh, because his, he's actually made of ectoplasm and the Ghostbusters, they capture him and they realize, oh, he's actually not a bad guy after all. And he ends up kind of helping them kind of like Slimer in the real yeah. Ghostbusters cartoon back in the eighties. You mean dupe. <laughs> sure, yeah. I think it'd be funny the Ghostbusters show up and they just electrocute him and he catches fire. 
And then they're all just kind of awkwardly standing around. Yeah, and he's like, it's, it's a okay. body horror film. It's okay, don't worry, yeah. Um, how about Gene uh, and Cyclops? Oh, God. Uh, uh, sleeping with the Enemy. Like, it's, a, it's an erotic thriller, and um, uh, Jean allegedly dies, but she's not really dead, and Scott ends up marrying a woman who just looks like her, and then she comes back, and then he leaves oh, the woman who looks like is. her. And then, and then, uh, and then, it's not like when Sleeping with the Enemy is more like like Fatal Attraction or one of those kind of things. She comes and like she instead of burning a bunny or boiling a bunny, she boils Lockheed. Lockheed's in there for some reason. Um, so yeah. Oh yeah, it's basically Answer. what happened in X Men and then I during Inferno. To expand on that, and then they have uh, a fight. Um, like that one movie with, that Beyonce was in, where they fight in the banisters of an attic, and then Gene kills Madeline. Austin I'm assuming Powers it's three gold member. <laughs> no, but yes, yeah. Okay, I can definitely see Cyclops. You know, he moves to a you know the small, quiet main town, and he's just like trying to get away, and he ends up talking to someone, and he's like, "Well, what was?" She's like, "What was your prior relationship like?" And he's like, "Well." You know, my prior partner was a little, you, you could say fiery. Uh, so he's <laughs> running from the Phoenix Force. Okay, so Jean Grey is popping popcorn at her house. And then she gets this phone call. And the phone call asks what scary movie is her favorite. And then she goes outside and her boyfriend Cyclops' throat has been slit. And then suddenly she's running away and a guy that kind of looks like Sinister is going around trying to stab her. And then he kills her. And then literally the rest of the movie is Nev Campbell playing Nev Campbell trying to get away from this Mr. Sinister kind of situation. Okay, if, if we're going that route, okay, Jean Grey and Scott have a son named Cable and they go on a plane, but mysteriously Cable disappears and they spend the entire movie looking for Cable because um, no one thinks he was actually there. It's called There's Flight Plan, I think, yeah. Motherfucking snakes. <laughs> yeah. No. Monday yeah. to Friday playing. Right, yeah, he turns one. into a snake. Last one, uh, Iceman. Uh, oh God. I want to pick uh, back I mean... off your. I want to pick piggyback off your idea, Ryan. Uh, so, um, it's a psychological horror. Iceman is in a plane crash, and they crash into some mountain range, and like half the people survive, and. He, because he can turn into ice, is like fine, but he's like got to go off and like try and, you know, like look around. And every time he comes back, he sees that more people are dying and the other passengers have to eat the dead carcasses yeah. of the ones who died. And he, as an ice man, just has to watch these people consume each other. Um, yeah, I saw that coming, honestly. In the plot itself that you were just saying. Yeah, it's it. I, I'm worried about him, honest. Yeah. I, I think uh, a human centipede type of appeal for an Iceman movie would be fun. <laughs> you know, just like he finds another Iceman and then they like slowly conjoin. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll workshop it later. Yeah, when, when he's the, you know, he is pooping and someone's eating it, it comes out as a slushy. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Bobby Drake goes crazy, he becomes a serial killer, and he kills people with icicles so they can't find the weapon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like a Christmas movie, too. 
Yeah, yeah Jack Frost. Also Christmas. Yeah. Jack off Frost. <laughs> no. Okay. So Bobby's parents, who already look like melted potatoes, end up fully melting and drain into the sewers where they're consumed by uh, sewer alligators, which mm -hmm. take on their personality. So the entire movie is just them saying really homo homophobic stuff to Iceman. Uh, what's an example <laughs> for us so we know at home? Am I just going to... Yeah. Say homophobic things. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So, See, so you're not a I'm nice. You, you passed the test. You're not a homophobe. Yeah. Should, can the alligators, like, get out of the sewers? Or is it, like, only when Bobby is kind of, like, standing near a sewer grate and, like, an alligator no. pops up and it's dressed as his mom? You didn't like, know that Bobby just goes in the sewers a lot. So it's only when he's in the sewers, which is like weekly. Mm -hmm. And they show up and they, and his mother has like a little purse and his dad has some sort of Trump situation going on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you hit it on the head. I think that's yeah, right. It really did sound like one of those kind of like sarcastic, not sarcastic, but like 80s horror movies, like uh, clown people from our alien clown. killer clowns killer from clowns outer, from outer space, space. Yeah. yeah one of the I best did. movies that's I the just, one with a lot of unnecessary not gay but weird sexual touching between the two men that are both after the same woman it is yeah. a lot of touching i just right. hope, i just hope that like they marvel doesn't listen to this podcast and like take our ideas directly because like we just put it out into the universe oh, they will. now yeah. And we have some sort of fan that just does fan fiction based on what we say. Yeah, it's it's uh, di coming to Disney Plus. Sewer Ice Man. Yeah, gator parents. <laughs> Ice Man has to deal with homophobic parents who are also gators. <laughs> it's like the Ryan Kroll story. <laughs> it sounds better than New Mutants. That's for sure. Uh, speaking of New Mutants. Do -do 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 uh, on November 17th, Friend of the Pod, the New Mutants movie will be available digitally and on <laughs> Blu-ray, DVD, whatever else people watch things on. <laughs> uh, How much is that shit going for? No one, there's no word yet on the costs, but it will certainly be more than it's worth watching. Yep. Uh, yep. So obviously we're going to review it. Are you guys ready for this to finally happen? Oh, I, mean, I don't think so. I'm so excited. Like we, oh my God, I'm so pumped for this. Whatever amount of money it is, I will definitely pay it. It's gonna be a disaster for all, hopefully the right reasons. Hopefully yeah. it's entertainingly bad rather than just boring as shit and nothing happens. Yeah. And if it, I mean, I wish we just had someone that went to the movie that could like maybe speak on it, but we don't at this point. Well. I was going to ask Clark, are you actually going to watch it this time? Or are you going to be like, fuck no? I mean, I'll watch it. I'm not paying for it, though. I'll send That's you fine. Long I'll pay for it in trade. In, in <laughs> trade? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With sex, yeah. Sex. From across our, the, across the our, continent. Our very own Stacey X over here. <laughs> I love the idea of being like, um, I will give you two blowjobs if you pay for the new mutants <laughs> but it's like, on demand. It's virtual. I only blow need jobs. one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Zoom blowjob. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you pay for the movie for me oh. and then give me the blowjob. 
It's a, it's a yeah, negative yeah, yeah. cost. Yeah, that does seem right, actually. I, I just hope it's not like it's not just regular mediocre. I do want it to be really bad. So if yeah, I could yeah. pay extra for like an assistant producer's cut or some version of it that is guaranteed to be I, terrible. I want quotable stuff that I can make fun of for years, like yeah. the prequel series of like Star Wars. Like that's like that's the quality I want. Chesco Sabalba. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, it's just I want that. I want uh, Ileana to just be like, "Hey, I'm not a demon. I'm a lady." Just like stupid shit like that. We'll see. Made, yeah, I love that. All right, moving on. In a move that surprised not only the public but also apparently most of the staff, Cineworld, the owner of Regal Cinemas, has begun the process of suspending operations in all of its US and UK theaters, in part prompted by the delay of the new Bond film, No Time to Die, which will be coming out next spring. Um, how do you guys foresee movie theater market surviving? What might it look like when it comes back? Will we be able to see a kind of resurgence in more community movie theaters, outdoor movie theaters? Any thoughts on this? I mean, I think, I mean, Regal might be like the vanguard where like for like AMC, Landmark, all the other like chains that are there. Um, I mean, until they, if they, if they aren't going to get like a, uh, like an injection of cash from the federal government, they're not going to survive. People don't feel comfortable going to theaters. I mean, New Mutants came out of the theater, Tenet did, Bill and Ted's, uh, uh, the third movie, whatever it's called. Um, none of them made it like that much money they just didn't uh like these were like especially tenet was supposed to be like a big you know big blockbuster tentpole film and it's just it's not gonna be good brian i mean like many industries right now i'm so scared like for the like movie theater industry because i i, I it's one of my favorite experiences just to go to the movie indulge in it hate it love it whatever it is like just that whole experience together and the fact, like, I crave it. I crave it all the time. Like, the fact that this could potentially, like, be the downfall of this would be very sad. Uh, I think they're going to get – I'm worried that movies are going to be less so, – so many different things because, like, the, the theaters can't support this anymore. It's, it's a really scary time, honestly, especially if you're a big movie lover. Like, it, it, it could lead to a bunch of stuff. As someone who literally works at a theater, not a movie theater, but an actual theater, um, I, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm gonna have to find some sort of other job for the next next year because we're not really gonna open. We have, we're doing a lot of shows, like we we're doing a lot of repertory shows, so like one person performing and then filming. I mean, you know, streaming at some fucking where I don't even know really. We got two shows going on right now that are that kind of situation and they're fucking amazing shows so it's not an issue you know go to keegantheater.com etc etc anyways um so i don't really know what's gonna go on i do think live theater will definitely continue just because you can't have fucking live theater in your fucking bedroom i don't know what's gonna happen with movie theaters that seems like in the long run won't exist in 20 years Really? You think it'll go the way of uh, other stuff, like basically the mall? I mean, we're becoming weird house... We're already weird housebound people in the last 
six months. We're definitely going to even be more strangely housebound by the time we're not going to movie theaters anymore. And yeah. I don't even know what else it's going to be. And people aren't the it, like the business industry of just you know going into work is going to be half as many people as it used to be. It's going to be a fucking shit show. Yes, the opposite nope. of a shit show actually. I'll be fascinated how, because I don't, I'm less pessimistic about the future of the movie industry as a whole. I think there's going to be, like the large movie industries, they're going to, they're going to get some form of bailout, uh, you know, whatever rent freezes. But I'll be interested to see what happens in rural markets versus urban ones because. While the urban ones, you know, they have, they generally have higher rents. They also are able to clear a lot more with concessions and uh, just mm -hmm. general volume of people. And I think that those ones are going to be the first ones that, you know, these large cinema chains try and bring back. And I, I wonder about like, you know, people who live in suburban areas or uh, elsewhere, like where are they going to be able to go to see movies I, I'm hopeful that there, we might be able to start getting more drive-throughs or something, but. Yeah, no, that, I think drive-throughs, uh, drive-throughs, yeah, drive-ins, I mean, obviously I'm going to drive in, I'm probably going this weekend, I mean this week, but I don't know, those are going to thrive. I was thinking kind of the opposite, like small town theaters, I think, will survive just because if we start watching movies on the internet as ways to like, you know, be premieres, it's just internet service in small towns doesn't fucking exist. So where are they going to watch the movie in an actual theater? What, yes. Do you, do you think that it would be possible to treat them like uh, red light district uh, whorehouses where basically you go in hey, with you, you or a, a couple movie, of friends and you, you put your money in the slot and then the screen goes down and then you watch like a, the movie. It's a peep show. Yeah, but it goes, exactly. it goes a, back up every five minutes, so you miss miss a part after you. Yeah, yeah. Then, then they'll make bank. I think this is great for the movie industry. Yeah, you pay for the minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. I got a thing full of quarters. I'm ready to watch New Mutants. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fun. All right. Uh, adding to some other potential movie madness, um, in the newest <laughs> uh, Sony Spider-Man Three film, Doctor Strange is going to be joining. Tom Holland, Spider-Man as a mentor. Um, you know, given that Sam Raimi, Ramimi, whatever, is directing Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness, how much multiverse do you think we'll get relative to madness? What do you guys think of this uh, Doctor Strange mentoring? Kalen? I, I kind of like it. You must have like just jerked off repeatedly, Brent, because you you just love Doctor Strange. Yeah, you're, oh, the visual effects and the I story is just so good. Yeah, yeah, ba, ba. I love <laughs> Doctor Strange. You can shit on me all you want, but I, I really don't, I want more. I, I get worried about this kind of stuff because I don't want to add to the pile of yeah. shit that might be. I was just uh, making a dumb joke, but um, I kind of like it because, um, in the first Spider-Man movie, you had Tony Stark, you know, being his mentor as like the technological, you know, um, sort of, you know, ace, whatever. Second movie, you had Samuel Jackson as like the espionage type, you know, uh, type, type mentor. And now you have like somebody who knows magic really well, which I think covers like what the MCU is going to be doing. I think the only one that's left is like space. So the, 
the fourth Spider-Man movie is like, he's with Captain Marvel and the Guardians of the Galaxy out there doing God knows what. Uh, what I don't want to see happen, and this is a dumb rumor that got posted on some website that I don't even remember what it's called, where it's like, oh, the multiverse is coming back with uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and then Tom Holland. It's like all these Spider-Mans coming together. I'm like, That's... not only do I not want it to happen, it's too much like what's happening uh, with the Flash movie. I know we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, but we're like, you have different Batman, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to see that happen here. I, Kaylin, I, I do I think that, that that's Batman. <laughs> Batman. Yeah. yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I do think that is going to happen. They're definitely like with Electro coming back, like there's going to be some sort of timey, wimey, Dr. Dr. Who sort of like stuff going on. Like it's it's gonna it's gonna get into the multiverse a little bit. They even that if you think back to the last Spider-Man movie, the first time they mentioned the multiverse is in a Spider-Man movie. The first yeah. time, so I it is gonna go there at some point. So that I mean, it, I I'm looking at this one, these first three set of movies. I think this is like a trilogy of them, where it's like. Every single one of them has home in the name. Isn't that funny? But also it's like his coming of age story. And then he's because Spider-Man is Spider-Man and he will all, he will persist to be in the MCU. Like, especially Tom Holland is such a great actor in this role that like, he's going to be around for a while. With that said, I think there's three movies of him coming of age, him and all the Avengers, and then probably another three movies of him being the hero he should be where he's leading a team. Maybe he gets a sidekick, something like that. I, I think it's overall the MCU is his story because Spider-Man is the most n noticed hero in, in the universe other than maybe Iron Man. Brent. I would love if this movie was still basically a Disney movie, but Dr. Strange is like Spider-Man. There's you know, Tom Holland. There's all these, all these portals and stuff and, and there's a multiverse and then they like look and they see you know andrew garfield and they're like no no just destroy, destroy this universe doesn't matter <laughs> they see what's his name the first one they're like destroy the east universe and so they just like immediately do away with those forever but i know that they won't Clark? yeah um i'm trying to think how they he they would bring in younger characters from the mcu because if they're going to have one person from from a movie from that side in order for disney to fund it they're going to have to as a while after a while not have some older character because they're not getting any more older characters now this yeah. as, as i said spider-man peter parker obviously has daddy issues because all three of these older men are teaching him things and as Kaylin said, one is magic, one one's espionage, and one is just general heroing. And that um, is checking once, so I that's true. I, you got choked out, yeah. I uh, love that he has two daddies in each movie too. Oh yeah. So like the, the villain daddy and then like the hero daddy. Mm -hmm. and, he's got, and, and, they, he's got, and they have sex with him very differently too. Then, then he's got Happy Daddy, who literally is probably sleeping with his aunt. Oh yeah. Yeah, happy, oh, those are Happy Hogan. That's right. I forgot Happy. Yeah, lots of men. Um, it it, it does feel sad that they couldn't. 
have a female driven maybe mentor for him. I know they don't, unfortunately, the Marvel Universe doesn't have a lot of them in the cinematic universe right now, but it, it kind of sucks. Yeah. 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 Well, one's hoping... dead, one's in space. Yeah. Yeah. One is doing some weird, Brave. insane yeah. magic stuff. Maybe, maybe right. going through something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, with her yeah. dead ex. Pepper Potts. I do think. I don't want to talk to you, please. No, 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 not for me. No, no, it's, no. it's it's just Gwyneth doing. What am I doing here? And she's trying to like just sell something on Google. <laughs> yeah, she, she's uh, like, if it, have you put a crystal in your asshole? Is what she says because she actually sells that anyway. She's continue. the entire movie, but constantly says that she's never met Spider-Man before. <laughs> <laughs> and she in interviews, she's like, "What? That was a Spider-Man movie? I yeah. thought that was a Goop documentary." Yeah, she has no idea. But but she literally says that to Spider-Man each time. <laughs> I would I'd watch the shit out of that. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I do think there's gonna be some point where like, um, whether it's on her show or what if they have a movie or it's a Spider-Man movie. It's Spider-Man and Miss Marvel together because that just makes a ton of sense. Like they're both, you know, kind of the younger POV type characters, yeah. and they have like similar experiences. So like Spider-Man could be her mentor. I can be exciting. Being friends too, like they have a similar oh, yeah. like outlook on life. I can, I can yeah, yeah, yeah. that a lot. Yeah. So in other news about the future of the MCU, there's a rumor. I don't think it's very important, but um, that Kevin Feige and Marvel want to make Ryan Reynolds the highest paid actor in the MCU. But I think the more interesting part about that is that uh, Feige has basically said that he wants Deadpool to have a more important kind of recurring role across several films. Um, so I'm curious, you know, what do you think about, uh, about this and what do you think it tells us about the way um, Marvel sees its future going, Ryan? He's, he's obviously going to be a cameo queen for, like, a long time. So until they can establish his own, like, movie, his own storyline, work out a lot of that stuff, he's going to be showing up in a lot of things. With the multiverse floating around like it's going to, probably in Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, we're going to see him pop up in a bunch of different iterations. With that said... I, I can see him interacting in such a fun way with most of the normal Marvel universe because some of them take themselves pretty seriously still in the Marvel way, but like they, I think it would be a good one for him. Kayla? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think he's definitely going to be a cameo queen. Um, I think he's going to be breaking the fourth wall every time he shows up, and he's going to take the place of Stan Lee. Um, I Aww. think it's, it's sort of like the wink, wink, nod, nod. Like He just sort of shows up. He'll probably have uh, the cameos he will do will probably be more long-lasting than the Stan Lee ones, but I think that he's going to be kind of the running joke of whatever phase of the Marvel movies that he shows up in. Brian? Can I ask you guys, so in, in a supporting role in the MCU with existing characters that we already know and love, who could be in a Deadpool movie that would fit within that realm of Spider-Man. Like... Spider-Man. Okay, and that's the right answer, correct. Um uh, no, honestly, you are definitely like it's gonna happen at some point. They're gonna cross over. It's gonna be yeah. called Spider-Man and Deadpool. It's like a movie that they're gonna make, definitely. But yeah. but is there anyone else that would cross over pretty nicely in the way that Cable does and stuff like that? Nick Fury, maybe. Oh yeah, I could see him. I I could see him in dealing with Ant-Man and kind yeah, of ridiculing him for being you know a loser. 
Yeah. A little little ant baby. Yeah. Um, he likes to make fun of the youth all the time. So him just being a cameo person in Young Avengers when that's eventually something, like I think that'd be cool as well. I want yeah. he and Shuri to, to meet up and just whatever strangeness would Oh, he's like, you know, straight man and he's a freak. Oh, they, she would fucking hate him. And I yeah. would have time for that. That would be mm -hmm. pretty fun. There actually. was, there was actually. Oh, no, Okoye. Uh, Okoye. Oh, Okoye. Oh, Okoye yeah. would be the best. That's the best team up ever. Mm -hmm. Brent, what do you think? I think there's a, you know, I've said it before. There's a problem with getting too meta and breaking the fourth wall and how it can kind of consume itself in certain art forms and movies are perhaps the most susceptible to it. Um, but I, I think that where he might fit in nicely is in something like WandaVision, where you, you know one of the characters is pushing the bounds of reality, and then someone like Deadpool shows up and becomes this kind of ridiculous character that can comment both within the show and about the show. Kaylin? Uh, to that, related to that, uh, since you brought up the um, Disney Plus shows, I think he would actually work quite mm. well with uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon because yeah. they're both so stoic. Yeah. And, uh, like, they obviously, like, kind of, like, have this tension, uh, you know, just make out, guys. Uh, but, like, Deadpool coming in being, like, the comedic relief uh, or the comic relief, rather, of those two, I think would, would work really well. Clark? I'm, I'd like to see um, he and She-Hulk talking about the same oh. Disney Plus because she, mm. in one of her series, would break the fourth wall all the damn time. I just yeah. love some sort of dueling yeah. fourth wall breaking. There's something beautiful about like, because he's always breaking the fourth wall and he like, action is going on. He's commenting on it. She-Hulk is the first person to actually be like, hey, why yeah. aren't you fighting? Can you stop talking? She's like she's, she's the priest in Fleabag season two. Exactly, like to? she's the one that takes like him out of it. That would be pretty cool, yeah. actually. Yeah, because yeah, those yeah. are two super. I love that, Clark. That's totally true. Brent, what were we gonna say? No, I was gonna make a joke. Um, uh, oh, let's, let's hear it. No, it's too late because Kaylin already uh, did it, but worse. Um, so <laughs> uh, Gal Gadot let's... is in. Gal Gadot is in talks to join the upcoming Andy Muschietti Flash film with Ezra Miller and a bunch of other DCU stars, including a cameo by Ben Affleck, a more substantial role by Michael Keaton, and a possible role for Ray Fisher as Cyborg. Mm -hmm. uh, COVID has already complicated an already complicated production schedule, which has been fraught with delays and changes with directors over creative differences. I didn't realize they had gone through three sets of directors before Andy Muschietti. Um, can any of this be good? Uh, what would you like Gal's role to be, Ryan? Gal Gadot, should, it should be called the Gal Gadot-verse because she is the only good thing going on in the DC Universe right now. So, like, if she is the connecting fiber between everything, that would make so much fucking sense. So she should be in as much as possible and not directed by Zack Snyder. Kaylin? Uh, Ryan's just waiting for Gal Gadot. But I think this is going to be like That's the good. bad version. Uh, thank you. The bad version of Captain America: Civil War, which was like, like Avengers two point five. Remember, they just didn't call it Avengers, yeah. and you just had everybody in it. This is going to be like Justice League zero point negative four uh, because it's going to have all the Justice Justice League characters in there, but it's not going to be very good to the point that you made, Brent. It's had too many directors. It's getting overstuffed. 
God knows when it comes out. Um, I have, I'm kind of excited to see what a train wreck it is. Uh, and I'm sure I'll probably love it for being the DC fanboy that I am, but it's not going to be good. Right. Sometimes there are, you know, there are complications that cause people to cause directors to have to leave production. Zack Snyder's a perfect example. There's something going on with a huge mm -hmm. family issue. The fact that three sets of directors have had the same problem of creative differences means that this is like a movie that DC just wants to force to come out. Warner Brothers wants to make it happen and they do not care about whether or not it's good. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, I don't know what, why um, the news that, that, remember the time I told you that Ezra Miller choked out that fan? Yeah. yeah. And there's video of it. I don't know if it was bull, not bullshit, but I don't know if the fan was in on it or something because it never went anywhere. Yeah, but it, it was just not talked about anymore. But also there's this stuff with Jeremy Renner as well, like that just like got swept under the rug. Oh, he's just, I mean, it's crazy. Or it's yeah. just this fucked up weird gun thing with his ex-wife who also seems like a monster. Hmm. I hadn't heard this story. Um <laughs> Oh yeah, there's like drugs and guns and all sorts of shit going on in their battle for their kid. Well, he's Ronan now, so obviously he's a little bit more of a bad boy. Mm -hmm. mm. All right, moving on. Um, there's going to be a new Resident Evil origin story movie coming out in 2021. Sure, and it's cast uh, nearly all of its major leads. Um, I could go through the leads, but honestly, I don't really know the series well enough to care. Um, but I, I did like uh, the original movie. Um, I'm, what do you guys think? Do we need this movie? What would be interesting to see in a reboot that wasn't in the original? Ryan? If it's done well for the first time, that would be really nice. I'm saying that with this in mind, I loved all the terrible movies. I thought they were great. I thought they were super fun. But they were not good. And they were not well acted. And so they, they positioned themselves with a bunch of B-list celebrities. Sorry, but like maybe see, like like an okay cast. I I'm kind of excited for this. For it to be done well would be really interesting, and not just a movie where a lady flips a lot and then like kicks a dog in the face. You know what I mean? Like I I'm ready for better story with these. Has that happened? Yeah. Which did. movie was that? Um, that was the first the, one. Yeah. Oh, she, oh like, you're right. You're right. You're right. In slow motion, she like kicks a dog in the fucking That's face. That's why I gave it zero out of five stars. I don't care if it's an undead dog. You don't kick dogs. Kalen? So I have a hard time understanding, and this is, I say this is somebody who really enjoyed the Castlevania adaptation on Netflix. What's the point of video game adaptations? I, I don't get, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Because especially now or at least in the last 10 15 years when video games have become so immersive and like you were living in a movie and you are playing these roles why would you want to take something that's an active medium and then turn it into a passive medium and then expect it to be good obviously there are exceptions but it just seems weird to me it just seems like a money grab Kaylin, I have to disagree pretty extensively. I know I get the idea of like an active medium going to just like maybe just a linear like plot or whatever. I totally understand what you're saying and you can make your own reality, blah, blah, blah. I totally get that. With that said, people have said that shit about 
comics. They can't become real movies. People have said that about a bunch of different things. So different. I don't I don't think you can like also taking that media. It's not going to be the same story. They're going to change it into something else. So for th these things that people love so much and seeing it translated into a big budget movie or whatever, a TV show or whatever it is, I think that's important for some people because they want to see that shit. So I, I, I think it could, will it be good? No. Could it potentially, hopefully be good? No. Maybe. <laughs> also probably no. Yeah. Brent. I think the, the percentage of, you know, the percentage of movies that come from say books is so disproportionately higher than movies that come from video games. I think that like, there's just not been as much of an exploration about how to do it right. But there are certainly like, you can even pick board games and there's been several good movies based off those, like the horror movie Clue, Ouija, Clue uh, Jumanji, uh, Monopoly, Sorry, Don't Wake Daddy, all great classic movies. Mm -hmm. I, wanna, I wanna see Cooties. I want to see Hungry Hungry uh, Hippos. I want to see Don't Spill the Beans, the movie. Yeah. Checkers, the movie. <laughs> what about Elephant the Elephant? And Mr. Okay, Bucket. And I want to see Mr. Bucket. He puts Mr. his Bucket. balls Mr. in his Mr. Bucket, mouth. put your balls in my mouth. I'm Mr. Yeah. Bucket. Um, and also, yes, the, uh, Battleship is one that's been a terrible <laughs> game that became a terrible movie. Like, it's it, they're out there, but, like, there's no reason it can't be translated into something nice. There, there. I mean, I think there's always exceptions to the rule. I think I mentioned Castlevania. Brent mentioned Clue. Yeah. Um, it just there seems weird, but like, um, <laughs> but like comics and books, that makes sense to uh, to adapt into to movies, and they've worked out quite well, you know. Uh, but because it's a passive medium to a passive medium, you are like, it's you are just reading something, you are just viewing something. Video games, you are playing something. You make decisions you make choices to get to a certain outcome and then seeing someone else do it just seems like a less just doesn't seem like a very fun experience to me but people still love these characters and it can be translated into something that's more viable and makes more sense sure. or or even do that stupid thing that kimmy schmidt did recently where they or bandersnatch did where you get to choose your own fucking adventure on netflix yeah, it's mm. the worst of both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> was not good, yeah. Uh, Clark? I was just saying, uh, Kaylin is definitely on to it with the, um, just the money grab thing. I mean, there was how many movies? Fucking five or something? That were, yeah. It was bankable enough that they could make money off of it. And they're definitely going to do this for the money. I mean, we're excited for a, a possible Fantastic Four movie or an X-Men movie. I don't see why someone can't be excited for this based on the fact that those other movies were so off, not, I mean, they weren't terrible, but they were so off base for what Resident Evil is, especially in terms of plotline. The fact that they're going to not streamline it, but put all the characters from like one, two, et cetera, into a chronological order is very interesting. I'm looking forward to it, but I mean, I'm not married to the, the medium. I mean, not the medium, excuse me. The other thing is that, um, Video games make so much money. Like when I just played Red Dead and I've talked about it before, that was the, in one weekend, the highest grossing thing, period. Movies, television shows, um, video games ever. And so they definitely want any sort of video game money they could possibly do. Caleb. I think, yeah. 
Um, so kind of kind of related to it, uh, to this as an adaptation, I'm actually a little bit excited slash nervous about what AMC is doing. They bought the rights to um, adapt all of Anne Rice's vampire and witch books, and they're going to put them into like a, like a show, like a kind of a linear show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only reason I, I'm thinking about it is because I recently rewatched Interview the Vampire for the first time in like 10 or 20 years, and it, it's spooky October, so uh, talking about uh, vampires and witches could work, but they're going to start with like Lestat's origin, because that was like, chronologically speaking, that's when, you know, the story really began. So yeah. I'm nervous, but kind of excited about that. Brent? Yeah, I think the, <clears throat> from the movies that we listed that were good adaptations, the you the you can't take the elements of the that what makes the game fun and translate into a movie you have to add being a good movie to the game that's it. Mm-hmm. there's no part of clue that's funny there's no part of clue that this is like it's a crazy fun romp it is a it is a boring logic game that you try and work through because you hate your friends and yourself um, <laughs> <laughs> I love a, Clue. Maybe that's a lot of projection, Brent. But I like murder, so you guys remember like Doom, the with Dwayne yes. Johnson. And it's like that made no tried, sense. They tried to include parts where you were actually like watching it from his perspective. And like what what do you guys think he where do you think the joy comes from, Brian? It's it, it is the fact of like that the first time they do it well people will be like, oh, you can translate this to this. So they just have to do it well. Yeah. Because people people thought that about all comic book movies before. Let's be honest. It, they, they just didn't think it was a... I, maybe you didn't specifically people on this podcast, but I think people add as a general thing be, being like, they just didn't care for it. With I will give all, you credit. What? What are you gonna say, Ken? I will. I will. Get, I will actually give you credit in this for comic book movies. People thought comic book movies could be profitable and even good, but it wasn't until Kevin Feige created a universe that people could think that they could be interconnected, Five, like yes. different properties coming together. That was a big gamble, and then everybody else is trying it, and they can't quite figure it out because Marvel has the secret formula. They just gotta get it right once, honestly. With that all said, bitch, sign me up for the apocalypse because everyone in this cast is so fucking hot. Mm-hmm. So hot. Like, okay, I'll watch. That's all you right? have to say. We could have I'm avoided in- this whole conversation. No, they all look so good. All yeah, I need some Robbie Mel shirtless. I'm, I'm attracted to everyone. Ugh, make them zombies. I don't even care. All right. Um, moving on to our uh, last segment before the comics. I think this one's called Clark's Got Something. Watch out. So this is kind of spooky in general. So as we know, it's just, it's presidential debate season and it's going Ooh. horribly. Um, we had a fly on someone's head yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember the olden days when Ross Perot was like the third person on the stage and there was always yeah. some shit show idiot. Do you remember his vice president that one year? Admiral where he was like Stockdale. Falling asleep <laughs> and going deaf and all this kind of stuff. So anyways, I want to do a like a kind of discussion. I'm going to give you three characters and you're going to talk about how the debate would go. So I'm going to start. I'm not. I love this. Yeah. I'm not bringing up like the big guns because partially because I think it'd be too obvious as to what's going on. So Magneto's gone. Storm's gone. Jean Grey, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Magneto are not involved in this. Yes, Brent? 
Am I supposed to be the Admiral shit show guy who falls asleep and doesn't know what's going on? <laughs> uh, these, I'm, I only did characters you would know. Okay. Or characters, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pull in anything, anything super weird, even though cool. I wanted to. Yeah, um, I so loved it. I'm trying to think which one I want to start with. What's I'll the first start with up? what? I'm going to start with a sometimes villain, sometimes who knows good. They're going on. They're they're Krakoa e interesting right now. So this doesn't have to be on Krakoa. It could just be a theoretical debate. Actually, I'd much rather be at a the, the, uh, theoretical debate. So it is Emma Frost, Sebastian Shaw, and Mister Sinister. Ooh, what okay. Would, what would happen, Kaylin? So Sebastian Shaw is the Republican. Uh, he's the one. He's like a money grubbing, tax tax cutting entitlement slashing like just asshole emma frost is like she's a center-left democrat but all the liberals love her because of the sassy memes mm -hmm. like she does the fucking like uh nancy pelosi clap or she's got the side eye like kamala did yesterday and then mr sinister is the uh i don't even know where to begin like he's the fucking crazy ass green party slash libertarian somehow he's combined them both together like third party candidate, and he just brings clone after clone after clone uh, for every answer. That's who do you who do you think wins that wins that debate? Uh, Emma on the merits, but we all lose for some reason. I mean, I think that Emma is would she would very clearly be disgusted by the fact that she has to debate these two, and so she and the, the main talking point afterward would be you know she's kind of shrill and she seemed really harsh on stage and Sebastian Shaw would kind of know that it is all theater, but I do like uh, where Kaylin's going. Mr. Sinister would definitely have that vermin supreme kind of energy where he knows this is just like ridiculous and all he's trying to point out is the artifice of it. Ryan? I, I completely agree. Emma Frost is definitely the winner in this one. Like she, uh, in, in the same way that Hillary won other debates, but like no one will give her credit for it because she's unlikable, blah, 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 all that. People will say shit, and then she, as soon as things are going bad, she will go into diamond form and not feel anything they are saying, which I appreciate. Um, and also, I think Sinister would interrupt constantly. Constantly contact. Well, I heard a rumor. Well, I heard a rumor. Well, I heard a rumor. You're like, enough with your rumor, Sinister. Stop. Yeah. Brent. There's one point where Sebastian Shaw gets a really unfair sounding question, and all the conspiracy theorists online speculate that Emma Frost controlled the mind of the moderator. Oh, yes. You know, that's, that's so right. Question. All right. I'm going now, I'm going for just a random group of weirdos. Um, it's Mystique, Beast, and then Dokken. Dokken is Dokken. our X Factor in that situation. Ooh. Um, it's Mystique, though. No. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. No, no, wait, no, go. You were going to break him down. Go. Uh, it's Mystique, but she's disguised as Senator Kelly. <laughs> uh, and then there's Beast, who's the kind of the. I, almost like an Andrew Yang slash Bernie Sanders type, but much more unlikable because he's beast. And then Dokken, Dokken is like a Joe Rogan listening, like not even a Bernie bro, but like like kind of like would be one of the Yang gang 
types, uh, but he's definitely third party. And every time he gets a question, he just gets like, he just drops trowel. He just shows dick. And like, he wins the debate as a result of that. <laughs> I think uh, that the winner of the debate is Beast because everyone goes, everyone sets the bar so low. They're like, well, we all know he's got monstrous policies and he's a total asshole but he didn't shit himself completely in front of Mystique and Dawkins. So he did a really good job of staying on point, staying on message. Um, and Mystique would probably just do impressions of the other two and whatever policies they'd have. She would just like do the kind of like Trump Marco Rubio type impression. Like I'm beast, I wanna kill all mutants. Uh, Ryan? Mystique is a landslide winner. That's what I thought you because she, I truly do believe she is the smartest. Shut up, Beast. Literally, Beast will be speaking, and everyone in the room, which there's not a lot of a lot of people allowed in the room because Dokken has like uh, like pheromone stuff. So mm -hmm. only like a couple, the moderator, and that's about it, and then the producers, that's it, are allowed in the room. But with that said, Dokken looks like an idiot. Just looks like a. Uh, like a former porn star, which has been in politics quite some time now. And then uh, like Beast just looks like stupid as hell. And then Mystique will literally give exact quotes as the people that she's talking about. Cause she will transform every single time. It's like, remember when you said immigrants shouldn't be allowed in this country and then transforms into it. So she's got right, sound Brent, clips Brent, for Brent, last comments. Yeah, I think uh, the takeaway, the big, Thing that people talk about at the end of the night is how uh, Dawkins so by that he goes both ways on every issue. Mm. Mm, flip flopping. All right, we're going second generation now and second generation troublemakers. So it's M, Sunspot, and Boom Boom. What's going on in that freak show? Who's the first one? M, M. Monet. Uh, Monet. Okay. Um, in the way that uh, Emma Frost didn't mind control people. M did. Um, so uh, she was pronounced the winner before the, the debate started. Mm -hmm. um, Sunspot was trying to use charisma, but people were sort of like, eh. But like, he, he might get a John F. Kennedy vote, you know, because he's still like charming and cute. Um, and then, yeah, and then that's the, the only ones I'll speak on. The other one yeah. literally blows shit up. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to get some downhole home no. country crazy? I, would I vote for her for the explosion party? Yes, but is she going to win? No. She's going to show up drunk. Yeah. <laughs> she shows up on the same level as the rent is too damn high guy. Like <laughs> everyone is, she's like, well, that tax plan, I'll, I'll blow it up. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's great. Internet sensation, yeah. That's too good, Kalen. Um, I, Kalen, I mean, for, yeah. Well, Sunfire is not charismatic. In what universe is he? He's an asshole. That's the whole point. He's like that's his character. Um, so I think Wait, was it Sunspot or Sunfire? Sun, Sunspot sun spot or Sun. Oh, Sunspot. Sunspot. Oh, never yeah. mind. I'm, yeah, okay, yeah. Sunspot's going to be like, yeah, you're right, Brian. He'll try to be super charming. M won't have any, anything to do with it. And then boom, boom, just blows everything up. I'm with you. <laughs> All right, this is the one wild, oh, Brent, sorry. All right, this is the one wild card. And this is a town hall one. And all of the people at town hall are multiple man. 
So it is. Love it. This is going to be a train wreck. So it's Gambit, Warlock, and Quentin Choir. <laughs> Here's that one to go. I don't think I can. I, 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 I can only, I don't even know how the debate's going to go, but I can only tell you how I'm going to vote. And Warlock for the win, honestly. He seems the most, <laughs> even though he's not of this earth, he's the most down to earth of this bunch, mm-hmm. honestly. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how, how will each of them speak to the audience? Self-friend, Sherry, and fuck you all. I'm better than you. Also, Donald Trump already speaks like Warlock. So, like, what are we talking about right now? Like, this is, like, that's no difference. No, 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 no. Don't you go there. Warlock is much more coherent. Oh, that's true, yeah. And a personable, yeah. <laughs> yes. Warlock's like America, self-friend, self-friend America. <laughs> he's got my like, vote. Yeah, he's he's I'm in. landslide. I'm in. Warlock 2024. All right, that was that was Clark does something or whatever the fuck you said. I'm, that was nice. <laughs> that was awesome, Clark. Yeah, that was great. Comics. All right, All right. Brent, what do you do the com- <laughs> Some loud squeak. All right, uh, let's do some comics. Um, <laughs> we've got Thor number eight and some deceased comics. Kalen, do you want to take these? Yeah, sure. So a uh, very, very quick rundown for all these. In the last issue of Thor, Oklahoma mechanic Adam Aziz held Mjolnir and became a Thor-type person. Tony Stark, who's there, tries to get him to hand over the hammer. The real Thor shows up, and he and Tony fight for a minute, because, you know, why not? And Thor lets Adam fly for a bit, and it looks like we're getting the return of Donald Blake next issue. Donald Blake, of course, was Thor's secret identity uh, back in the 60s, 70s, and even in the early 80s, I want to say. So what'd y'all think? Ryan? Did it, 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 I I did like the issue, but it did feel weird. It's like there started a fight with Iron Man and then he sort of was like, okay, just kidding. I'll, I'll see you later. And then what's his face, whatever uh, Joe mechanics name is like, uh, what? (laughs) Okay, sure. But like, uh, he seems like he was going to give a bigger role Hopefully it comes later, but then he was sort of like, you know what, you got it. Everyone just went, you know what, you got it at the end of this issue. And it made me sort of annoyed being like, can we have some conflict a little bit? Or like this this new guy like refuses to give up something. I don't know. It felt weird, but I still did like it. And the art, bitch, I, I just I'll masturbate to it all day. It looks so nice. Yeah. Clark? I mean, uh, as you know, it's Donny Cates, and I absolutely love this issue. We had, what, six issues of just kind of like Thor as, like, King Thor, and he's kind of a dick, and he's murdering, you know, Galactus and everything, where you finally got, like, a story of him as a, I was going to say human being, but obviously not. Him as not the king for a minute, but also kind of shitting on on Iron Man, which I love, about the fact that he is a king. Um, And them dealing with fact that he's been gone and that respect i also love i love the fact that um adam aziz is that's his name yes um Mm -hmm. is just you know who he is and the way he interacts with him i mean he's been in jail for a long time he just wants to you know live he just wants to do something he's from broxton which is where every single other person had already met thor a billion times and there's just a momentary awe and the fact that he can just interact and have a moment of being thor just seems interesting just a moment of freedom yeah he right yeah Brent. yeah i think um <clears throat> the the fight between you know thor and tony stark was 
maybe a little overhyped, but I don't think so much so because it resolved relatively quickly. You know, it was two people who have teased each other. Thor really flexes a muscle and, you know, says, I'm a, I seriously, I'm a fucking God. It's not the hammer that gives me power. Um, you know, Iron Man made a good point that like, who would have some, you know, psychopath picked up this hammer. Um, but it kind of felt like an annual issue. Like this mm-hmm. guy gets the power of Thor and then he gets to fly around for a little bit and try and, you know, be a God. And I thought it's, it, it felt like a, a fun issue, especially given how dark a lot of the rest of the story has been. Kalen? Um, the first couple of pages were, I think, my favorite, where it's like, it's almost like a, a Norse parable of like the book that has every story in it. Mm-hmm, yeah. And like anybody who's king or like the head of Asgard can come in and read it and find out like what happens. Uh, and that conceptually, I just fucking love stuff like that. It's like every single thing that has been or will be is in this book. Uh, but the, the story that we're told is somehow not in the book. Uh, I, there's something, I don't know, I just love that very much. I do love the fact that they're, it's, they're saying like every single king and there's literally four, they just did, it's not like they just showed some of them. That's how many there have been, period. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do like that backstory because we haven't really gotten some of that stuff before, which is kind of nice. Yeah. I will say I am not looking forward to the return of Donald Blake. I never really cared for that. I think this is going to be a flash in the pan thing, but one one off with him. Maybe, yeah. Because it's always in the whole yeah the whole concept is annoying, and I'm glad they dropped it after you know years. But I mean, Donny Cates loved to loved to revisit something and deal with it and go on his way and think of you know deal with more stories. Yeah, I mean, I do have faith in Donny Cates, just like you, Clark. So I'm sure it'll be better than I think it will be. Let's move on. So we had two deceased books. First up is Dead Planet number four, which is the sequel to the original Deceased. Uh, in the last issue, uh, the hero has rescued Mr. Miracle because he knows how to solve the life equation or something. Um, and then they head to New Genesis, which is the home of the good new gods with Cyborg and Toe to find the cure. They steal Metron, uh, they try to steal Metron's chair, but they end up getting it by making a compelling argument. Cyborg sits in the chair, figure out that he had to recode his blood to get the life equation. Oh, and at the very end, a zombified Darkseid returns because this is a DC comic and you always have to have Darkseid as a villain. Thoughts? Um, I think you said it best. Why is Dark... Is it Dark Sea? Dark Side? Who cares? But Dark, like... Dark Side. Um, but why... He all, why does that bitch always got to show up? Honestly. I thought we were fine without him, honest. Like, we have so many bad guys to go up against right now. I don't yeah. know. It, it was an okay issue. Marvel had the millions of Thor, uh, not Thor, excuse me, Thanos. That's Thanos, obviously yeah. going to happen still. Yeah, and basically yeah, the same character that you know they, they showed up like a month apart, years ago. Yeah. Print. I just feel like it's getting harder and harder for me to keep track of who's been where and doing what. Um, and you know, I like this a little bit more than I think. There's that Justice League series that we read that felt like it really threw you in with a lot of characters. And now it's starting to get to a point where I'm feeling like that. I'm overwhelmed by the number of people I'm supposed to be keeping track of. And the voices kind of are starting to blend together a little bit more. Um, I think the, you know, the standout moment is, you know, trying to negotiate with Metron. And that's not even a particularly good intellectual discussion. 
I think I, I love it when conflict is resolved by people um, actually having legitimate disagreements and then working them out in some some way. But this was just uh, kind of it felt boring. Uh, Ryan, I think with a lot of these, like where it's like it's the last heroes alive, and so we see a bunch of stories that go on with him for so long, and then they're like, oh shit, we forgot. Like there's new gods. We forgot about these characters. We forgot about these ones. So then like the surviving heroes go to these characters that may still be alive. And then sure enough, they get infected with the same shit as everything else. I don't know. It's just it, it, one of these apocalyptic like superhero stories just starts to feel formulaic. And for me personally, I, I feel like it, it's so obvious where it's going now. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm slightly bored. Kaylin. I will say one kind of sad slash melancholy slash creepy moment was uh, Dinah Lance as Green Lantern, like holding on to Oliver Queen, who got zombified uh, mm. because she believes that a cure is on its way and she doesn't want to see him. She doesn't want to see him destroyed because she feels like he can revert back. Uh, there's something very, just um, very, very sad and kind of sweet about that. I agree. Brent, you were going to say something? No, I, I thought it was a good visual to have her kind of have this kind of yo-yo of a person because you can't initially see him. Uh, and then yeah. she but that was a good moment. Right. Yep. Uh, so moving on, uh, Deceased Hope at the End of the World, number 11, which is the... Um, sort of the fill in the blank series for the original deceased. Um, what happens is the good guys fight Black Adam and Adam Smasher in Nantucket. And at the end, the original Superman shows up and that's basically it. It's a very slight issue. It took me 10 seconds mm -hmm. to read. I don't have a lot to say about it. It's how they wrote last issue read. They should maybe have combined the two. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, reading them all in one go will be a very lovely experience, but it's just sort of reading <laughs> it like, um, you know, bi-weekly or whatever, however frequently it comes out is just, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's like eating one bite uh, of your meal, but only doing it once a week and then just letting it sit out there. Like, hmm, this isn't very satisfying. I will say um, one thing I do find, and this is gonna be a very bougie sentence, but I do kind of find it funny to see the way that Nantucket is drawn because Nantucket is known for the fact that they've got these like extraordinarily strict rules about the way all of their buildings have to look. And none of the buildings here look like anything like that. That gray, <laughs> that gray shingle and white trim. And it's very disappointing that this comic doesn't get that right. Have you ever seen comics where they go to New York City? It's quite similar. DC. Yeah. Oh, God. oh my God. Did it's you ever see? Sorry, keep going. No, that's it. What Did you ever say? see the movie Salt with Angelina Jolie? Yeah, and she literally awful. jumps around on some clover leaf that's supposed to be in the middle of DC, and she's jumping on different cars from different parts of the clover leaf. And you're like, "Where is this fucking supposed to be? What is going on?" It's infuriating. I saw it. I saw it with my parents when I was visiting them in Houston, and my dad turns to me and he goes, "Oh, they just said U Street," and I'm like, "I live on U Street. That's not fucking U Street." <laughs> <laughs> I was so angry. I do love when they like make up like fake ass metro stops of the metro life. stops. Yeah. yeah. They did metro that on, pop uh, Popolis, I'm gonna get off right now. And you're like, that's not a thing. They that's did that on uh, 
House, House of, of Cards. Cards, yeah. Cathedral, <laughs> Cathedral Heights, some like exactly yeah. neighborhood. That was okay. There was Shady. that was the Marauders issue where they actually use like Farragut North and Farragut. Yeah, yeah, Farragut North, Farragut West, Foggy Bottom. Yeah, they got. Yeah, I was very impressed by that. Me too. Someone actually knew to do that. The only thing that they got wrong was the way the metro cards were set up. You don't have the seats that sort of face each other. You have the rows. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll excuse that though. But yeah, and that's DC area talk. Yeah. All right. Um. So be sure to check out our review of Ten of Swords. Released this past Friday, featuring special guest Chandler Poling from X Reads Podcast. And thank you to, uh, for listening to the regular episode, which will always be released on Mondays uh, with the issued number and a point five at the end with our classic logo. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast, Twitter at Homo Superior X. Um, so if you like made up political discussions and random market speculations, then keep listening to Homo Superior. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.